Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Dustin Luntier, your host, and with me, my co-host, my BFF, my hetero life partner, Jacob Trowbridge. How are you doing tonight, Jake? Uh, I'm doing terrific, Vanilla Bear. How are you doing? <laughs> Wonderful. Great to be back recording. Got a wonderful episode tonight. We're talking a little buy low, sell high candidates, specifically dynasty related. That's so, right. This is this is the first episode in a bit that has been just the two of us. We mm-hmm. don't have any extra special guests, or do we? we I don't, don't know. Do we? We, we don't. But uh, <laughs> I know, you know you're not supposed to spoil that off the gate. But I just want to get that out there. It's just the two of us. We're taking a break from all of the the division breakdowns. For, this is one of my favorite types of episodes. I'm just going to put that. that yeah, they're there. fun. They're fun. Right? Yeah. It gets the, old, gets the old wheels turning a little bit more, I think. And especially after the draft, we're talking about uh, all the, you know, all the changes that happen in free agency and mm-hmm. draft. And you got to wait for all that before you can really hang your hat on any buy lows and sell highs. That's right. So before we get into our meat of the episode, uh, what are we drinking? Jake, why don't you head us off here? What are you drinking? I am starting off with a Hop House Brewing Sweet Sunglasses. Uh, it's a blonde ale, and it weighs in at a, at a paltry 5.3 ABV. Oh, that's not bad. No, exactly. It's, very, it's a very moderate beer. How about you? I am drinking... Uh, Breckenridge Brewery out of Colorado. Their Strawberry Sky. It's a fruit forward Kolsch style ale with a delicate finish. Oh, how, how delicate are we talking about? Is this like a satin robe kind of delicate? Um, it's got a, it's very light. It is. It's very delicate. It's very light. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a blow on your earlobe kind of delicate or like a blow on your taste buds. Mm hmm. Mayhaps. Yes, it's it's very good. It, it, it's four point eight percent, very light as a Kolsch should be. We both want real light with our with our beverages tonight. Well, Probably just because it's still it's pretty nice out. I don't know. I feel like in the mood for a lighter beer every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise though. Um, so for for the listeners, we had or I had some technical difficulties getting into this thing to start my. My equipment, my equipment was being a real piece of shit. Uh, so I drank like already half of my beer. So I have a backup beer, a surprise beer, which I will drop uh, at some point throughout the throughout the episode. Ooh, can't wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it myself. Well, good. Well, let's um, move on to our next favorite, favorite segment yeah you really left me hanging there i didn't know what favorite we were talking about favorite tv show favorite album favorite men's magazine i didn't know well i you know i like to keep people guessing here keep them on ed- the edge of their seat you know don't want to give it all away but yes our real favorite segment yes the drunk 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 hammer drunk 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 trade of the week so this one uh, comes from Reddit, from A. Harrison U. Uh, 
So what what Harrison says is that I traded Mark Ingram for Devonta Freeman in a PPR league during week three. What do you think? There's more, but what do you think about that? Okay, so to this point, uh, during week three of last year, mm-hmm. Mark Ingram for Devonta Freeman. Straight up. Uh, not great. I, I don't feel great about that because one of those guys is on a team and one of those guys is not. Yes. Um, so he says, arguably, it worked out for him with Freeman's uh, kind of early to midseason stretch and then a very good championship game. But he says, oof, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no, you should not have. <laughs> okay, but if I'm looking at it from his perspective here or her perspective, in week three, uh, I actually would have been excited. Devonta Freeman was a big tout for me last off season. Oh, same so here. All about acquiring that dude. So I, I can't make fun of this because I would have very well been in that same situation. One, because I always forget how good Mark Ingram is. Mm-hmm. Two, because I really liked Devonta Freeman last year. Yeah, and I, I don't think any of us expected Ingram to have the season he did last year. I mean, that he's always been consistent and very productive, but to have the season that he had uh, basically in his age 30 year was just out of the blue. I don't think anyone expected that offense to be that good, let's be honest. So, uh, yeah, I could see trading him away early on because, you know, the Ravens didn't hit their stride yet. But, oh, yeah, it it sounds like it worked out well for him. But, yes, that was definitely a drunk trade. Yeah, he, he got what he needed to get out mm-hmm. of it. Hopefully Freeman so ends up on an NFL team at some point. I think he will. Because, yeah, right? Once it gets closer, he'll inch his way somewhere. Because he's not that old. Was he 28 now? 28 or 29. So he is up there for a running back. But he did, I mean, he was fine. He Mm -hmm. looked fine. It was that offense in general that was kind of last year. I don't think it was particularly Freeman's fault. Um, Can I just say this is not the last time we're going to talk about Mark Ingram on this episode? Oh, spoiler. Uh Titillated? Slightly. Good. All right, should we move into the main event here? Let's get into the meat. Let's chow down. All right, so we each took our buy low and sell high candidates. We each took one from each position. And then if we're done and you have any more, we can talk about it then. But we'll just go through um, our positional buy low, sell high. So which do you want to start with, the sell high or the buy low? I think we start with the negative so that we can ramp up towards some positive action towards the end. What do you think? All right. Start us off then. All right. Perfect. So my first sell high candidate, let's talk QB. Let's get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. And I don't want to talk about it any more than I absolutely have to. I don't like this either, but I happen to agree with it. <laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers. All right, so Aaron Rodgers uh, was perfectly fine if you looked at his end-of-year stats last year. His first year in a new offense with a new head coach. Uh, Honestly, if you only looked at the the end-of-year stats, it looked as good as you could have hoped. Hey, finished his QB9. He's a QB1. I think the, the, the hope at that time was... Well, hopefully he scrapes his way into a wide receiver finish, or excuse me, QB1 finish, but I don't know if anybody 
really had a ton of confidence in that. Mm-hmm. I wavered on it. So, yeah, again, given the situation, that's fantastic. However, it's been made very apparent that they are changing that offense to fit LaFleur's scheme more so than it was last year. So it should be much more of an emphasis on the run. Mm-hmm. I think that's been made clear through the draft when you – uh, obviously, we talked ad nauseum about how he didn't get any receiving weapons, any real receiving weapons. I mean, Devin Funches aside, um, you know, it seems like it's leaning that way. Yep. Also, I didn't realize that Aaron Rodgers, it seems it seems like everybody we have on the show, at least, does not value Aaron Rodgers that highly. Uh, but the Dynasty ADP he's at is still QB11. So he's still treated as a top 12 guy. And I, I don't see it. I don't see it even this year. And then God knows what happens after this year. Um, any number of things could happen. The guy could retire. <laughs> he could get shipped off to a terrible team, um, you know, with an awful offensive line, which isn't talked about enough with Aaron Rodgers from a fantasy perspective. You better thank his offensive line for mm-hmm. getting you those solid finishes. So I, I, I'm just out. And if somebody still values him at QB 11, then by all means, you know, ship him off. Yeah, I agree. Now is the time to sell him. I actually traded him uh, this offseason as well in one of my dynasty teams uh, for one of my buy low, my buy low quarterback. Um, I know. So, um, yeah, I think now is the time because he's still going to have most likely a couple pretty productive years, probably flirting with that low end QB one. But now would be the time to maximize your value. So I, I happen to agree. As much as it pains me to say that, um, I, I, I do agree with your uh, selling high on, on Rodgers at this point. Because it's definitely not going to – we're never going to get back to the Rodgers we saw four or five years ago where he's QB1, QB2 on the season. Yeah, and for what it's worth, like we talked with uh, when we had Kevin Tompkins on the show last, last week to talk about the NFC North – like even those couple of outlier games that he had where mm-hmm. he was going off, you know, against Oakland, that kind of thing, where he's throwing up 400 yards and a whole bunch of mm-hmm. touchdowns, or whatever. Like I don't even think you're going to have those spike weeks uh, coming up as much. So, yeah, get 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 out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my quarterback, um, and as we were talking, you know, before we hit record here, uh, I really had a hard time picking a quarterback that was a quote-unquote sell-high candidate um, just because I really like a lot of the quarterbacks that that would be considered QB1s that you can actually sell high on right now. Uh, A lot of them are very young. You know, there's a couple outliers there, but most of them are really, really young. Um, But I, so I, because I had to choose, I took uh, Deshaun Watson. (gasps) Gasp. I know. I know. It's... I didn't feel good about putting it down, but here's why you could see some regression and 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 where you have to draft him at uh, to get him on your team. So right now he's ADP QB3 going about 48 overall. Um, so towards you know end of the fourth round, which our philosophy is you don't take a quarterback early. And this is definitely in a one-quarterback league. We're not talking super flex. So so you have to take him that early. He lost arguably the number one wide receiver in the league. 
with DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, they traded for Brandon Cooks and got him on the team, which is a nice replacement, but it's definitely not a one-for-one replacement. They're different types of players. And the wide receivers on the team now, including Cooks, can't stay healthy. So you've got Cooks, concussions. You've got Will Fuller, doesn't have hamstrings. Kiki Kuti, doesn't have hamstrings. I mean, it's just, it's it's a litany... It is no test to be able to uh, withstand injuries. Yes, um, I know they picked up David Johnson in in the off field off season, I should say, uh, but he doesn't really throw to his running backs all that much. And is David Johnson going to be involved in the offense that way? Their offensive line, while it's gotten better, it's still not great. So for these reasons, that's why I picked Watson. Like I said, I don't feel great about it, but um, you definitely can get a haul for him. He's still going to be very good for a number of years, but I probably see a little bit of uh, regression coming, at least in this season with him. I agree. And when you look at the guys that are around him, like just from a dynasty perspective, he's kind of the last guy on that top tier, I think, Mm -hmm. for a lot of folks still. So it's like, you know, it's obviously you got Mahomes and Lamar or kind of in their own tier. And then Kyler, Dak, Russell, I think is still up there. Some folks might want to put him, you know, right around Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's kind of the last of that tier. And so, yeah, if you can get some quality back, because I worry about Deshaun Watson's own health. Honestly, like the dude just takes hits. So he's, he belongs on that team because everybody there just absorbs the injuries uh, or they don't absorb the injuries which I guess is the issue right uh, but it's, they collect them like stamps mm-hmm okay should we right. move on to running backs let's do it let's do it Dustin because it's our show and we can do whatever the hell we want that's right uh, so let's talk running backs I uh, look when I was trying to get these guys into position here on the show sheet, I, I was just going to go strictly based off of Dynasty ADP and, and my own thoughts and feelings about it. And I was shocked at the ADP of some of these guys, according to Fantasy Bros. So Dynasty ADP of this running back is RB8. His name is Josh Jacobs. I don't get it. Dustin, just to start off, do you get this? Do you understand why he's valued so highly because i do not i don't um i mean yes and no i i I see it because he did get a good workload last season he's young you know only one year in the league they picked up a bunch of weapons on offense he think that their offense is gonna gonna take a step forward this year but rb's you know rb8 i mean there's there's definitely other running backs i would take ahead of him uh, in a startup draft. Oh, so uh, there's so many. I, I'm not saying that he's a worthless uh, running back or anything of the sort. I just, uh, for for his value to hold at that level, he has to get more passing work than he got last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that it's a possibility because what did they do? So they kept Jalen Richard and extended Jalen Richard. And now you've got Brian Edwards, who they're talking about bringing in to the backfield and specifically using him to catch passes out of the backfield. So where do those extra targets come from mm-hmm. for, for Josh Jacobs? 
Yeah, he could have a thousand yard season again. I think that's totally within his realm of possibilities. Um, it's not like they added a ton of rushing competition for him, but you're you're banking on that, and you're banking on, I guess, a bump up in touchdowns. He had seven last last season, seven rushing touchdowns last season. I guess you're banking on a bump there, but I just don't get it. So, you know, everybody wants to sell uh, uh, Miles Sanders, but they don't want to sell Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs, to me, has just as much competition brought in as Miles Sanders. So it's weird. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's, who's your sell high? My sell high is one of my guys from last offseason. Uh, it's Leonard Fournette. So, again, he's he's going to be probably pretty damn productive this year, which is why you should sell him and you can probably get a, a pretty good haul for him at this point, especially for a team that's contending. So he is coming off his most healthy season. He has not been a bastion of health. His ankles haven't held up until this last year. So he, he played in every game. Uh, he's been healthy. Um, he, he came off an outlier in receptions this last season previous to this last year where he had 76 receptions on 100 targets he his his highest amount of receptions prior to that was 36 and this was three years ago this wasn't even last season he actually went down last season so jumped up 40 receptions in in a single season um He's going to be a free agent after this year. We know the running back market right now, how it looks, how free agency looks uh, for these running backs. He's still going to be young. He's still very young, but with the influx of talent we've had in the draft this year, last year, uh, the draft next year, there's going to be a handful of really top-end running backs. It's going to be hard for him to find a spot where he can be featured and I see him, he could be more of a Jordan Howard after this season, depending on where he goes. Because he's not super, super useful on third down as the receiving back. But he's very good on first and second down. I think this was just a function of the offense last year. You had rookie quarterback Minshew. They didn't really have any wide receivers. I know they had DJ Chark, but he was kind of banged up there for a while. They didn't have anything else other than Chark. So... Uh, yeah, he got targets out of necessity. Mm-hmm. It's not like their game plan was, hey, let's let's throw a bunch to Leonard Fournette and watch him get three yards every mm-hmm. play. I don't think that was their ideal situation. No, and like I said, he's going to be a free agent after this year, so you know the team is just going to run him into the ground and chew him up and then spit him out come free agency. They're not going to care about wear and tear on him because they're obviously moving on after this season. 100%. Okay. Let's move on. Wide so receivers. Oh. Wide receivers, I, I thought this was going to be tougher. Honestly, mm-hmm. again, until I took an, an actual hard look at the ADP situation. Uh, and then it was easy. It was, it was incredibly easy. Uh, it's A.J. Brown. And I, I've, <laughs> I've been on the anti-A.J. Brown train basically since the final game of the NFL season um, because instantaneously his his uh, stock just shot through the, the goddamn roof and 
I knew that he was being valued highly. I did not possibly think that he was he was this high. It's insane. So wide receiver eleven in Dynasty. Here are some names that are are going below AJ Brown right now. Kenny Galladay. Gimme Galladay. Leo, which I understand because he's getting old. Right. So I, I give a pass to that. Cortland Sutton, Cooper Cup, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson. These are all pretty much guys that I would rather have over AJ Brown. <laughs> Um, and it's it's just because I, there's nothing against his talent, mm-hmm. but the Titans in the two years under Mike Vrabel, so 2018 and 2019, they ranked 31st in passing attempts both years. That is just barely not the worst. <laughs> That's what that means. Tennessee happened to be crazy efficient once Ryan Tannehill stepped in last year, and so that accounted for a lot of A.J. Brown's stats. But you're asking them to remain just as hyper-efficient this year and beyond. Um, Obviously, it's tough with wide receivers. You can't really gauge them for a super long-term situation because so much can change. Uh, But just banking on talent like that, I think, is a really terrifying prospect, a la Corey Davis. Uh, Obviously, Brown produced more than Corey Davis has. But I'm so out on A.J. Brown at that price. Yeah, I mean, I love the talent. I don't I don't necessarily hate where he's going in that range of, of wide receivers you listed. He'd probably be at the bottom end of that tier for me, but I think the tier is pretty good, uh, at least for me. Uh, but yeah, the, the high efficiency, I mean, they caught lightning in a bottle last year. And I, I agree. I don't see that efficiency repeating itself. So it's going to be hard to live up to that value uh, for the next couple years as long as they have uh, Tannehill there. Oh, yeah. Who you got? All right. I have got Adam Thielen. So Adam Thielen is going right now as the wide receiver 12 in startups. Uh, he's going to be 30 years old this year. I know it doesn't seem like he's been in the league that long, but he he came into the league a little bit older, kind of the Cooper Cup syndrome, uh, and, and he has been playing for quite a while. He he still should have a good season this year. I, I think he, he will be flirting with that top 12 wide receiver um, finish. But I think this year could be the last year for that for him. Uh, the last couple of years, he hasn't been able to stay 100% healthy. He's been dinged up. And they basically drafted a replacement this year uh, with Justin Jefferson and give him a year to acclimate to the NFL, get into the offense. And then I think he takes over next year as, as the wide receiver one, and you start to see that decline from Thielen. So, again, kind of with that that startup draft price you were talking about with A.J. Brown, I feel the same way with Thielen, but you're also losing seven years of, of, of uh, NFL play with him. Yeah, I just can't imagine anybody still taking him as a, as a wide receiver one for Dynasty, just from the mm-hmm. long-term perspective. Like, this year, yeah, it could happen, mm-hmm. um, I guess. <laughs> I don't even really like it that much for this year. 
but yeah, it's just uh, boy, get out while the while people expect him to explode this year. Exactly. Give all their options. And I think people are really going to expect it with Diggs gone. You know, because there was like, oh, Diggs is such a specimen of a talent, and and hey, he's a very good player. Don't get me wrong, but I think now they're expecting just the the targets just to funnel to Thielen, and I just don't see that happening. Can I break in with this announcement? Sure. Oh, that's beer number. Dose. I'm working on an Anderson Valley Blood Orange Ghost. Ooh, that sounds delicious. I know. I'm I'm pretty stoked for this. Uh, I'm all about the gozes. Uh, It's an orange ale, by the way, is what they call it. Hmm, Interesting. Cold and orange ale. It's only 4.2%. ABV. Yeah. So it's even a downtick from, from where I was at before. Well, Gozas are typically lighter ABV, so that doesn't surprise me. But it's so goddamn tasty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tight ends. I had to crack a beer before we started talking about tight Well, let's be honest. Everyone should at this point. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think we should on tight ends so much, uh, partly for a reason. But I will say, it's just fun. from a strategic <laughs> standpoint, tight ends are probably where you can make a lot of hay. That's right. Between Dynasty, if you do hit. So, no disrespect. But Evan Ingram, a little bit of disrespect because he's still considered the tight end four, according to Fantasy Pro's Dynasty ADP, uh, which would be fine if not for the health concerns. Mm-hmm. Really, my only beef with him. Obviously, we've seen when he's on the field, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's dynamite. Great. Yeah, he, he has tight end one, the tight end one, upside. If he were to stay on the field for a full 16, I think that's very within his range of outcomes. Would you agree with that at least? Absolutely. Okay. But the problem is, he can't. And I don't believe at this point that he will. Um, he's missed 13 games the last two seasons. Not good. And there's consistency with the injuries, which is what we always talk about, or what I always try to talk about, is I hate saying injury-prone, because just because a guy has had a lot of injuries doesn't mean he's injury-prone. But he's kind of injury-prone. But you're, I like, as I like to say, you're injured until you're not. Yeah, yeah. And, and he is not not injured. So he's got the concussion issues, which is just tough, especially this early in your career. Mm-hmm. You're only in, going into your fourth season. You've already racked up two concussions. That's not great. A um, couple of leg injuries to boot. Uh, they do have a talented enough tight end behind him where I don't think they'll have to force the issue to overuse him like you might want. Uh, so I do actually expect a slight downtick, I guess, in passing offense. They did come out, so they're saying with Jason Garrett there that they should expect a very similar offense to Dallas, which would be good for Evan Ingram because we know what Jason Witten did in Dallas all those years, and he is not nearly as talented as Evan Ingram. So from that perspective, if you want to hinge on that for the upside, I think that's fine. Not a hard and fast rule that you have to sell this guy, but just strictly based off of the injury issue. Uh, uh, if you can really get a tight end four haul for him, then yeah, go mm-hmm. for it. Absolutely. I like that one. I like that a lot. All right, my tight end is Darren Waller. And I'm not going to lie, 
I bought him up in the offseason last year because I was expecting the breakout, and you know what? It was right. He did break out, but I think now is really that time to sell high on him. Um, he finished as the tight end three last year, which I did not expect that. Not going to lie. I, I thought he would be you know, a, a top five maybe, but top three, never expected it. Um, right now he is going as the tight end five in ADP, uh, which is bonkers for someone that is a converted wide receiver. Uh, he has only played tight end for a couple seasons now, which I suppose you could say, oh, that's a bonus. Like he's learning the position. Uh, but let's be honest. He was really the only receiving target on the team last year. Uh, they didn't have healthy wide receivers. They didn't have, they obviously don't throw it to their running back as, as you said with Josh Jacobs earlier. And then on top of that, they added two potentially stud wide receivers in the draft this year. Uh, so I think those targets are going to end up getting split up between those two. You still have Tyrell, the gazelle on the team, uh, who will be getting his share. I just think now just – I think last season will be an, an outlier for him uh, when we look back at his career. Not saying he's not going to be like top 12 tight end, but let's be honest, when you get down to 6-7 – it's not hard to be in that six to 12 range these days, as far as tight ends goes. So get what you can, uh, out of him. You loved my tight end. I love your tight end. How about that? Ooh. Yeah. No undercurrent there either. No, <laughs> but really, I mean, uh, Darren Waller, I've been, it just doesn't make sense. The pieces never added up. He's a supreme talent. Very great pass catcher and all that, but like you said, now it's it's not only his show, and that was the big appeal of him. Is mm-hmm. uh, and do you think that Foster Moreau really becomes a thing now? Uh, the knee issue is still there. It is. I he did get he did flash a bit last season uh, when he had opportunity. I don't know that he will take that next step this year. I think, you know, with Waller still being there, he's still going to get the bulk of the the, the usage. Um, but I could see that after this season, possibly. Uh, it'll be, um, you know, his third year in the league. And I could see then at that time that um, that, that would work. Um after this season, uh, Darren Waller, I know he signed that contract extension. Uh, so after this season, he has zero dead cap hit. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he has a $7 million cap hit this year, but then uh, after this season, uh, zero cap hit. So all the more reason that I think um, um, Foster will be the guy. He is going to be fostered into that position. That's right. Might you say if you wanted to get punched in the head mm-hmm. for making such a lame joke? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would say that, and I, I probably will continue to do that. I was just curious, yeah, because I, I like Foster Moreau is a guy, and I know this is a tangent, but I'm trying to hold him 
just just in case. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, see what his knee actually looks like this year. And if they just brought Whitman for that kind of insurance policy, then, then I would so much rather it's just stash Foster Moreau basically for free than pay that premium on Darren Wall. Mm-hmm. I agree. Do we move into the positive? Yes, let's do it. Fantastic. So let's talk by low candidates. Uh, would you like to kick us off or would you like me to? Uh, I will kick us off since I um, foreshadowed it earlier. Um, <laughs> Deferred on the coin toss. That's right. You... Yeah. So uh, my buy low candidate is Jared Goff. I know he didn't look great in stretches last season, but he did finish as QB 13 on the year. So just out, just outside uh, QB 1, uh, he had 65 more attempts than in 2019 so threw it more which is great we like to see but he also threw for 10 less touchdowns than he did in 2019 excuse me so he i expect positive regression there the touchdowns to come back up uh from where they were this last year uh his passer rating also dropped by 15 points from his career average which is a lot uh, he had a lot of injuries for his skill position players. Uh, Brandon Cooks was out with concussions for for a while. He's gone now. Uh, Gerald Everett was hurt. Gurley, we don't know if he was hurt or if they were just holding him back for some reason. Uh, so he didn't get a lot of help from the running back position. And they brought in new skill position players, which will instantly be plug-and-play for their offense, which will help him in Van Jefferson and Cam Akers. Yeah, it's just you have to believe that the offensive line can't be worse, and so by default. And it does seem like they tailored their offense in the second half of the season a little bit more to what should work for him uh, going forward, where they weren't. I think they still just tried too early. Like with the Brandon Cook thing, they, they tried still make that you know, the three wide receiver sets work, and it just clearly was not. And uh, so it, it was uh, it was basically just them trying to find their way, I think, for a lot of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, yeah, they, they got it together, and so I think that bodes well for them. I concur. Uh, I'm happy to talk about my other quarterback. Oh, please do. Because I'm going to stop talking in a creepy voice about it, probably. But Please don't. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Haskins. Is that what uh, we're going to call him? That's what I'm going to call him. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Dwayne The Rock Haskins is going to make everybody smell what he's cooking this year because uh, he didn't get the opportunity last year. He just plainly did not um and and it look i'm not going to say that none of it was his fault mm-hmm. clearly some of it was his fault but a lot of it was that poor situation that he was thrust into or coaching lack of weapons his best weapon was a rookie wide receiver who did very well but you cannot rely on just that to get you through and adrian peterson 
carrying the load for you. It's, it's just not going to do it for a rookie quarterback in that situation. It is not a recipe for success. No, and, and a rookie quarterback who's already considered raw anyways. Um, so he's he's walking into that situation. Everybody just threw him away. Washington did not. Washington had the opportunity to draft a quarterback. They could have very well done that in this draft. It didn't. They brought in a little bit of low-key insurance in Kyle Allen. They still have uh, the machine Alex Smith there, which if, if you have not watched that documentary about Alex Smith yet and his leg and the fucking zombie virus that got his leg last year, I uh, please do this. Please watch that. Uh, but that's all that they have there. And so clearly for this year at least, they're going to roll with him. He's got a much improved coaching situation from my perspective um he's rolling with uh the man who i'm not going to give him credit for uh for cam newton's success but ron rivera had great success with cam newton they're two different types of quarterbacks so it can't be a one for one there but i do believe that uh rivera along with scott turner who is a descendant of norv Mm-hmm. will uh, will be able to get this thing going. They brought in some more weapons for him. Not a ton, not as many as I'd like to see. But the guy, just see his Dynasty ADP. You have to keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. You have to keep scrolling. <laughs> you have to keep scrolling. You have to click load more. You have to keep scrolling. He's, he's quarterback 30. That's fucking ridiculous. So go get him. You could probably pick him up in a super flex league. No bullshit for a couple of thirds. And I, I, would, I would do that. Mm-hmm. So would I. Um, and, it, you know, it, it really bodes well that they didn't draft a quarterback uh, that that they have to be concerned about. Uh, that that just really makes me feel better that, that he's on a pretty long leash. They're going to give him a chance to improve from what he did last year. And, you know, he didn't do all that bad. All things considered, uh, it's, you know, let, let's not sugarcoat it here. He didn't have a great season, but considering the weapons he had and, you know, is just it, it was hard to watch. Uh, but he, he showed flashes uh, of why he was drafted so high. Uh, so I think now that that he's basically been given the green light by the coaching staff that you know, I, I think he's going to really take a step forward this season. Absolutely. And it's just like, don't throw away a first round draft pick. You know what I mean? Just you give him a chance. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on to running backs. Uh, my running back is Miles Sanders. And this is kind of a gimme. Um, just because everybody's freaking out right now about Carlos Hyde being signed. But this is exactly the time when you should be taking advantage of that uh, and buy him cheaper than you had been able to get him for four days ago. Um, So he is right now going as my page loads uh, RB 13 overall. Um, and I don't know if this has been adjusted or not for the Carlos Hyde news. Um, I expect it to go down even a little bit more. So do I. Uh, what is not to like about this kid? Uh, he only started 11 games last year. And we really didn't see him do a lot for the first half of the season 
until Jordan Howard was out, uh, which Howard was out after week nine. They had their bye week, uh, week 10. So it was really week 11 on. Uh, he balled out every week uh, except for uh, there was two weeks in there where he kind of he didn't kill you, but he didn't do great. Where the other weeks he just uh, lit up the field and really did some good things for your team. Uh, the backfield is basically his now. Uh, the people that are freaking out about him, you can't think that they weren't going to bring in another running back considering they didn't re-sign Jordan Howard. Uh, it, Carlos Hyde signing, if he does, I don't know if he has or not. I know it was rumored. Uh, that's just a depth move. And, yes, he's a competent running back, but there's a reason why he's going on, like, his sixth team in two seasons. Uh <laughs> It's it's he he's a competent backup, but he's not the the guy that's gonna get all the the carries on the team, and and there's really not a whole lot of teams anymore that have the true workhorse running back. Uh, you could probably count on one hand for certain how many teams are like that, but that's about it. Like the workhorse running back is is a thing of the past. Uh, there's just a few hanging on there. Pretty much all teams now are running back by committee. It's just what slice of that committee is he getting? And Howard, Howard, got Howard on the brain. <laughs> Miles Sanders, uh, he's going to get a really good chunk of that, not only for the rushing aspect, but for the receiving, because he's a very good receiver as well. Agreed. I, I love the freakouts. If you follow Twitter and if you base everything off of Twitter, uh, and the overreactions that happen on Twitter, um, then every player besides like AJ Brown uh, and Lamar Jackson is going to be a bust at some point throughout the offseason. Mm-hmm. That narrative always goes because so people just overreact to shit. <laughs> I posted a thing on Twitter. It's like Carlos Hyde is, if he does in fact sign there, is the best thing that could have happened. We all knew that somebody else was coming in. Rather have a guy like Carlos Hyde than a. a rookie with high draft capital mm-hmm. coming in for competition or or even a guy we talked about Devonta Freeman who is a little bit more of a pass catcher you know I'd rather have Hyde there than him mm-hmm. absolutely I agree which is why you listed him that's so right um, I have listed a name that that people are gonna have to uh, dig through and and pull bodies off of just to find it's Mark Ingram so understanding that this we're talking about dynasty here i get it mark ingram is old so if you only look at the the narrative that mark ingram is old therefore he should not be on your team you should be trying to sell him you should be trying to improve uh, if you only look at that then great uh but here's a fun fact three of the four best seasons that mark ingram has had have come in the last four years. From age 27 on, he's had three of the best seasons he's ever had. Because he didn't get a lot of work when he was uh, a younger dude. You know, when he was a youngster in the backfield, they didn't rely on him. It was Mm -hmm. kind of more of a a Lamar Miller situation or a Kenyon Drake situation where he had a lot of limited carries. And then he just kind of busted out uh, at age 25, which you don't get a lot of. Mm -hmm. But... The dude we've talked about it a, a whole bunch, but he just is always under the radar, low-key finishing as a running back one. Talked about it at the top of the show here. 
Um, I don't need to belabor this much more other than to say that he is going as like RB30, according to Fantasy Pros. So if I can squeeze, even for just one year, if we're looking at guys that, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to buy them because I'm a contender, and uh, I I just want them for a loaner, for a one-year loaner, he's the lowest-cost guy of that group that can also finish as an RB1. Todd Gurley is much more expensive than he is. Uh, Kelvin Gordon is much more expensive than he is. Chris Carson, all these guys, why not pay the lowest price to get the best possible ceiling? Mm -hmm. I agree, yeah, especially if you're a contender and you know it's you're going all in to win the ship. Like, definitely, I bet you could get him for a high to mid-second rounder. I don't think you'd have to pay a first rounder for him anymore. Agreed. Because they, well, and I should have not mentioned, or I should have mentioned the elephant in the room. They drafted J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. in the second round. And so everybody just assumes that now it's Dobbins' show and they're going to boot Mark Ingram. But that doesn't make sense because they, he's under contract. They're paying him. And he works. He works really well. So, yeah, I think people are expecting Dobbins to do that, which is why you can get him for that low pick, like you said. Mm hmm. I concur. All right, so we will move on to wide receivers here. Uh, my wide receiver is an older gentleman uh, as far as uh, wide receivers or NFL players go. Uh, I have Marvin Jones, uh, and this is especially a savvy move to pick him up if, if you are a contender. Uh, so he was the wide receiver 28 last season. So he's a wide receiver three but he only played in 13 games. Uh, he could have easily been a low-end wide receiver, too, uh, had, had he played the entire season. He had terrible QB play for the second half of the season once Stafford went out. Uh, it's just guys just chucking balls wherever. Uh, <laughs> Here, you take one, guy in the stands. I, basically, that's what it felt like. Uh, he was third in the league last year with nine touchdowns. He had nine touchdowns in 13 games. He is a target for Matt Stafford. And just a little aside, he has scored nine or more touchdowns three times in his career already. So he he has proven that he is a good end zone target. And then so this is a, a stat that I found very surprising uh, is that he had a 20% market share on his team last year uh, with Galladay there uh, and Hawkinson. Uh, I didn't expect it to be that high, but that just shows you how involved he is in that offense uh, with Stafford set to come back healthy. Uh, pretty much all the pieces on the offense stayed the same. Uh, I don't see his production changing. He's not expected to be the number one weapon on the team, uh, you know, the defense's role towards Galladay since he is the alpha, uh, which opens up Marvin Jones, and he is he is going to have another very solid season. Uh, someone that you could use as your wide receiver three on your team or even uh, a flex player on a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah, because his ceiling is outrageous. Mm-hmm. It's just so outrageous. And, yeah, for that asking price, well, who cares if he disappears for a week? 
Right. But he, he doesn't even really do that, honestly. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because do you recall our, our one of our drinking bets from last year that centered entirely on Marvin Jones? I do. For a two-week span. How could that I forget? Week, right? That first week, I think he got something stupid like 20 yards. Uh, and then came back and, and almost won me the bet. That's right. Week. So he does disappear on certain weeks uh, when you need him most for your drinking bets. But, but yeah, I'd still love to have him on my team, no doubt. Um, so my, my dude here is so stupidly undervalued. Everywhere that I go, I should just have a sandwich board that says, Buy Robert Woods. Because Robert Woods might be the most underappreciated man in fantasy sports right now. Um, he's he's not a sexy name. He he does not uh, rev people's engines when you just throw him out there. But fucking Robert Woods is just a, a persistent and consistent wide receiver one, mm-hmm. low wide receiver one, to high wide receiver two option uh, since he's been with the Rams. That's his calling card. He's just he's a better Jarvis Landry for PPR formats. Mm-hmm. Um, but his price is basically the same as Jarvis too, so which is not much. It's uh, I don't know maybe uh, maybe a second round pick <laughs> and 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 some garbage to throw along with it to gussy it up a little bit. It's really all you have to pay for Rebel Woods. Um, but his snap counts last year were flawless. He was always on the field. They didn't take Robert Woods off the field. Cooper Cup, you couldn't quite say the same for, and and even allowing for the injury issues that Cooper Cup was was coming back from, even accounting for that, he wasn't used as consistently as Robert Woods was, and will be. He's going to be the guy. We talked about how they've kind of shifted the offense a little bit, and we're talking about Jared Goff to highlight the tight ends a little bit more. It doesn't matter. Robert Woods is still going to be out there. He's still going to get his. And he finished as, I think, wide receiver 14. Is that what I had here? Uh, yeah, he finished wide receiver 14, and he only had three touchdowns. I expect that number to boost up as well uh, to a more respectable number. So just go get him already. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love me some Bobby W. Uh, he <laughs> is, yeah, he is definitely one of those um, just every year just annually underappreciated players does not get the respect that he deserves at all uh and i i love that i think that is a great great choice i'm glad that you think that because i would have been real disappointed if he would have said jake that's garbage get the fuck out of here all right you can say that for my last guy though i don't know i truly don't know i might you never know um so we'll we'll finish off here with tight ends, uh, just because we kind of have to. Um, <laughs> Stop so, it! I'm excited about mine. All right. Don't you don't, do, don't you take down the excitement level here? All right. So my tight end is Gerald Everett. Uh, he is currently being drafted as the tight end 21 overall. So you're paying peanuts for him. Uh, surprisingly, his teammate, Tyler Higby, is the 20th tight end off the board, uh, which I, I can kind of understand, but at the same time, I don't agree with it. 
uh, mainly because Everett was drafted by McVeigh. Uh, Higby was left over from the previous uh, coach and GM there. And uh, Everett has second round draft capital, which is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, the only reason that uh, Higby had more yards and uh, better production down the stretch is that Gerald Everett was injured and was not playing. Uh, but Gerald Everett started the season very strong. Um, so that's why he is my buy low candidate, especially for what you have to pay for him. I mean, why not take a shot on a guy that could be in a very good offense for years to come? I love that because there's there's like a, a very underwhelming debate happening right now between, well, is it Tyler Higby or is it Gerald Everett? And my opinion on that is who cares? Get them both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're both so cheap, really. Um if you're that concerned about it, pick up both of them and stash them mm-hmm. and then just figure out who the guy ends up being. I'd have zero issues with that. But, yeah, I I like it because Everett, uh, like you said, he has the regime kind of behind him. So I'm, I'm excited to see how, how that translates this season. Mm-hmm. All right. You know what else I'm excited about? Take us home, Jake. I'm excited about Kahale Waring. Yeah, yeah. Have you even heard that name? <laughs> I have. Okay. I've heard of him. I, I meant that to our listeners. I know that you're you're on top of this. I'm a learned man. I yeah, I typed it like a few hours ago, so you, oh. you've certainly seen it in that time. Well, there's that too. Uh, but Kahale Waring has a dynasty ADP amongst tight ends, and I'm not making this up. Tight end 45. Wow. How would you... You talk about having to scroll to see a guy. You had to actually go into the uh, the deep woods of the internet. You had to go into like the black internet, uh, the the dark internet, the dark web. That's what I'm trying to say. You had to go to the dark web just to find Kahale Waring as an idea. But the dude, so he was drafted in the third round, uh, 2019, missed his whole rookie season. It was a real bummer. Um, but the dude's athletic profile is outrageous. Uh, he's in every major metric. He's an 80th percentile guy, at least. Uh, had an, an early breakout age. Uh, nice college dominator, if you're into that. Nice spark score, if you're into that. There's basically nothing about this guy that says uh, he's going to bust, but everybody's just overlooking him for some reason because Darren Fouts is the man is it that offense like are people (laughs) just looking at the Houston offense and saying eh I don't want a tight end there but remember last year when we talked about what was it Uh, Darren somebody yeah yeah. remember when they had all those productive weeks at the start of the year that had Mm -hmm. them be you know top five six tight ends that's what I could see Kahale Waring doing on a fairly consistent basis. Uh, again, hoping that he's fully healed and he meshes with the offense and all that. But D-Hop's gone, so the target monster's gone. Don't have to worry about him. Hopefully that makes uh, Deshaun Watson distribute the ball to the tight ends a little bit more. 
And I'm all about, like, if you're going to take a dart throw on a guy, it might as well be a super athletic guy. Well, and, and the price you have to pay for him, tight end 45, I mean, he's not even being drafted in a single or a start one tight end league. Uh, super flex, yeah, he's probably being drafted, but uh, chances are he's not even being drafted in 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 regular standard quote unquote standard uh, dynasty leagues. So why not take that late round flyer on him or pick him up off your waiver wire and stash him on your taxi squad for a year or two and see what happens. I'll tell you this: I'm gonna. Can we make a beer bet? Actually, I don't even want to do that because you're kind of on my side with this. But I, I'm just going to put it out there. We don't even have to make a beer bet out of it. I just want to put it out into the ether. Kahale Waring will be a top 15 tight end this year. Ooh. Yeah. This... How about that? Uh... You want to beer bet that? Just to, make it, just to make it interesting. We haven't had one in a while. We haven't. Right. But I, I, haven't, I, I haven't finished uh, my projections for this upcoming season yet, so I'm a little uh, – Hesitant to uh, make any sort of uh, beer bets without having my my projections done. That's yeah. fine because to me that says that hey he's got a real shot. You believe he has a real shot? Too, I think it could be. I um I'm not so super good. confident on it, uh, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities either. We may have to revisit this one uh, right. in a few weeks once I finish up my projections. We'll have to bring it back and uh, see if I want to make the bet then. I dig that. I dig that. I'm perfectly fine with that. All right. So do you have any other players that aren't on our show sheet here that you want to talk about that are either buy low or sell high? I actually just wanted to throw out a name that, I I don't know, we've just completely not talked about this offseason. And it feels like nobody's talking about him. Mm -hmm. A wide receiver buy low, which sounds stupid to say that he's a buy low, but I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Do you kind of get the feeling that Juju is still in a buy low window here? I do, definitely. Uh, I don't. He's wide receiver twelve from Dynasty ADP. Well, Seems low. which people were saying he was like the number one wide receiver in Dynasty last off season, or in the discussion. I, I shouldn't say for sure, but he was definitely in that discussion. Uh, so for him to fall that far is bonkers. I still believe in the talent, and if I was looking for a young wide receiver on my team, I would have no problem trying to get him uh, and really giving up, I shouldn't say anything, but uh, what the wide receiver 12 is going for in startups. Uh, yeah, he had a down year last year. It was his first year you know, without A.B. He's still super, super young. Their quarterbacks were worse than garbage. Uh, he should have Big Ben back this year. Uh, they keep stocking up that wide receiver core, which will one of them should take a step forward this year, uh, provide some of that counterbalance for that he was missing last season. Uh, they've got, on paper, a better tight end uh, uh, to help, again, draw some coverage away from him. Um, so I expect him to maybe not bounce back to where he was a couple years ago, but uh, he's, yeah, I, I, I still believe in him and the talent. I want to believe. And, and I will, cause yeah, big Ben is going to change a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think also the juju owners are the most skittish <laughs> that I've encountered to this point. So I feel like even that, you know, you talk about trying to gain a wide receiver one from somebody and that seems a little daunting sometimes. I don't even think, 
that they're kind of – I think they're on the fence about him being a wide receiver one uh, a lot of from what I've seen mm-hmm. anyway. So, there's your openings. you got to find the skittish owners. That's right. That's right. Is there anybody else that you wanted to, to highlight here? I have nothing else. No. I feel good about this. How do you feel? I feel great about this, honestly. I feel like we nailed it. Uh, I also uh, appreciate that we didn't bring up Sammy Watkins' name at any point during this. Well, you had to bring him up, didn't you? Yeah, well. Uh, well, because he is neither a sell high nor a buy low, let's be honest. That's true. Well, he's an alien, according to his own self. Well, he's a uh, lizard. He's a lizard person. There's a difference between alien and lizard person. He said alien recently. Oh, did you hear that? I did not. Nice. He I, also declared himself an alien. I, so, I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah, he's an alien lizard. You wanted to branch out a little bit from just the reptile spectrum. Oh. Hey, good for you, Sammy. Yeah, absolutely. You've already looked at his post-NFL career. Absolutely. Well, folks, um, that'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, you know what we'll do? We will post after we get the episode out there. We will do a series of posts on Twitter uh, from our, our Twitter handle at Drinking Fantasy uh, with our buy low and sell high candidates. And you tell us what you think about these guys. If we're off base, why you agree, why you disagree. If you've got some other ones uh, that you think we missed, please let us know. Uh, you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge. And please look us up on the Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, look us up, subscribe, download, give us a rate and review. We do appreciate those things. And until next time, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.